Yeah, make us everybody Have you ever seen a waiter walking around a restaurant dropping off a bunch of empty plates at the people that are there to eat? No, we have not either. And that's because when a waiter drops off a plate to somebody that's there to eat, they have to have something to serve. Another word for a waiter is a server. And that is what this episode is about. People pleasing versus people serving. When you're serving people, you actually have something to serve. I.e. a waiter dropping off a plate full of whatever item that their guests have asked for. Now, on the other hand, when you're people pleasing, wherever you're listening to this, I want you to answer this question. What do you say if you have good manners, when you're asking somebody for something. You say the word please. You say, can I please have, or may I please have. Right? So, people pleasing. And when we people please, you have multiple people walking around saying they're recovering people pleasers. And that's just an indication of how detrimental people pleasing is to our relationships. Tony Robbins says that the quality of our lives are the quality of our relationships. And with that being true, I mean, we couldn't agree more. It's why we're here and it's why we grew, because we had each other. And we leveraged our relationships. But with that being true, fundamentally, if we're showing up to our relationships, which determine the quality of our lives, half empty and people-pleasing, no wonder why we live lives that are unfulfilled. Living a life that you love, living life on your terms, living a life of passion and purpose and clarity and pursuing whatever it is that sets your soul on fire is the translation and the restaurant analogy is you in the kitchen cooking the food that you will then serve. That's how you build whatever it is that you're allowed or you're have available to you to be able to deliver to your guests. And in this whole restaurant analogy, the guests are just the people that are in your life. The people that you're here to serve. And when you don't live a life of passion and purpose and intention and clarity and all these incredible things, when you don't design your life like that, you're running on E. Your cup is half full. And now you're showing up People-pleasing. You're giving, if you have anything to give, with expectations. In other words, you're dropping off just a little bit of food, and it's not what they asked for. And really, you're only doing it so you can get the money at the end, so you can get the tip. We've all been to restaurants where you can tell that the waiter or waitress is 
just out to get a tip. There's no kind of human interaction. And when we eat, we like to have some kind of human humanity or human connection. And when a waiter just shows up and you can tell that they're full of life and they're full of joy and they enjoy their job, they don't even have to talk about money, but you're going to give them a good tip. That just exemplifies the importance and the criticality of filling your cup. And there's just big misconception of what self-love is and that self-love is only for women, but it's not. Because uh, as we highlighted last episode, it's a daily discipline. So self-love is self-discipline. That's awesome. Yeah. That analogy, I think, explains a lot. People pleasing versus people serving. Mm-hmm. And I think for us and, and our marriage, that was one of the biggest things that we were showing up half empty to each other, mm-hmm. wanting our cup to be full. But it was kind of like you've said before, me showing up to you with half a cup saying, please fill mine. When you also have half a cup, mm-hmm. you're going to say, uh, no, you need to fill mine. You need to fill mine. And now we're just irritated and we both. Like, if we're both stubborn enough, if we're both type A's, which we are, mm-hmm. we both just turn around and go our separate ways with the exact same amount of water that we came with. But if I was a, like a beta, right? Like, if I was just not a strong personality, which I was for a long time, right? I was acting like a sheep. Now I'm pouring out of this cup that I don't have much in into yours, and it's still not enough to fill your cup. Is not enough to satisfy you because I'm giving sparingly. Mm-hmm. I'm being mindful of the fact that I don't have anything in my cup. It's like being broke and trying to give money. You give sparingly. Most of the time. Most people. Well, when you're, when you're operating out of a scarcity mindset yeah. and if you don't have enough money and you're giving... Just because you have to versus... Exactly. You want to. Exactly. I think- and and when, it, when you shift to, like, into that, right? Like, so when you are operating at a scarcity mindset and you're giving because you feel like you have to or you're like, you're taking a picture on social media or you're just giving because you're kind of forced into a situation, you're not going to give freely. But when you, let's say you don't have all the money in the world, but it makes you feel alive when you give and when you help people and give back. That's actually going to fill your cup. Right. So you're actually operating out of love. Yeah. Your circumstances don't necessarily need to change. Your approach does. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible concept. When we were at... So this whole people-pleasing versus serving analogy, right? The whole... Now we know it. Like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course. But when we were at our low point in our relationship, like, you felt like you were giving, 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 giving. And you felt like your cup... I felt depleted. Yeah. How did you make a shift? Or, like, what? what did you think at that time was needed to be able to feel like your cup runneth over? I think it was more so just understanding that I needed to take time 
for myself. What in the sense that I never really, number one, had a practice of being alone. I mm-hmm. hated it because I didn't really necessarily necessarily know what it would be like being alone. So I always was listening to a podcast or talking to somebody on the phone. Or I, I never really just calmed my mind and was alone. I've like I literally had a boyfriend since I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten married. I've just never been alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was finally time for me to realize that I needed to just have some me time and like calm my mind. I didn't really struggle from any sort of crazy anxiety, but I was always on the go. And I, I feel like every time I got sick or something would happen when I was on the go too much that it would be, my mom would say it would be God telling me to slow down. Mm -hmm. And for this last one, like when I got sick, um, while I was working this one time, I think I realized that it was more than just slowing down. It was figuring out what the heck's going on. Yeah. But I, I took it and went way left and decided to have a bath bomb business instead, which was just more work, but I thought it would make me lots and lots of money, and so yeah. which would give me more freedom. But I think it's just taking time for yourself mm-hmm. in whatever way, shape, or form that was. At that time, we were such a low point that I didn't realize that working out was my start. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because you said, because we did have a lot, like there was a lot of financial stressor, stressors, and you you got sick physically your immunity was compromised and you felt like you needed to work continue working hard like you ignored the physical symptoms you you ignored the physicality of what was going on and you felt the need to acquire more like to make more money and that would alleviate your sickness well yeah because i just thought it was the reason I was working so hard was to make money, and to have money, it would mean that I would have to work so hard. But I, I think it all worked out in the sense that if I would have realized that money was the solve all, I wouldn't have necessarily gotten to a point where I was fulfilled, like actually fulfilled, because I would have just had a bunch of money mm-hmm. and not understood that I actually needed to take time for myself and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I know I already referenced Tony Robbins once, but he also says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And that, and you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. You don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you, I mean, you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard, which is why health, like physical health, is so critical. And I mean, and mental health, just health in general, is so important. I just don't think we correlate the two, right? Like, when we get sick, we don't... Like, I I love that my mom used to say that, oh, it's God telling you to slow down. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. Like, slowing down and being physically sick has nothing to do with each other, but she was right. It has everything to do with everything. When your mind is constantly stressed, when your body's put under those stress hormones at all times, your immunity is weak. And when your immunity is weak, you are susceptible to illness. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you're susceptible to illness, you're not even able to do the things that you need to do to take care of your home or your family. Nope. So it's in your best interest to take care of yourself and fill your cup so that then you can serve versus please. Mm-hmm. 
I think, I think what people don't, or I mean, what really nobody talks about, and this is where like, this is kind of touching into what the great breakthroughs that we had is that people don't, people don't really realize that life, the great duality of life is love and lack, mm-hmm. right? And the correlation with people pleasing versus serving is people pleasing is operating out of lack and serving is operating out of love. Abund- love, is, love is abundance and freedom and joy and passion and clarity and all those incredible things. And lack is anxiety, uh, distraction, irritability, all these, all the things that we don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, stress. Fear. Fear. <laughs> Jinx. You owe me a soda. Okay. Um, it's faith versus fear. It's me versus me. Right? right. There's a, the best version of you versus the worst version of you. And people don't realize that. When you really internalize it, when you take the game inside, because really it's only me versus me. Mm-hmm. So like nobody else, you have to completely cut everything else out because you're doing everything a disservice. Like when I was operating as a sheep and I was people pleasing, I was coming up short in terms of like delivering value, I guess, um, showing up adequately and being able to take care of you or my family or anything, friends, all of that. I was underperforming. Right. And I was like, okay, this is kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, it's a lose-lose. And in that moment, I made a, I made a decision in that moment where I was like, well, I mean, if, if I'm going to, I'm not serving anybody, myself included, so if I'm going to lose anyways, might as well take care of me. Right? And that's when the shift happened for me. Right. That moment is different for everybody. But I think it all kind of, especially in our culture, it all kind of like ties back to that same that same moment, that mo- moment where like, okay, I, I can't win with you. I can't win with all these other people. So the more I try to win with them, I, I'm still not winning with myself. So let me at least win with myself. And that, that just means let me at least control the only thing I can control, which is me. Right? Yeah, that's it. I think I think that's so powerful, especially when you say with our culture, like my biggest my biggest if I could help one person with doing all of this, it's my mom. Mm-hmm. She believes she can't change and she's loony for it. But <laughs> it's because it's not just my mom. It's no. it's your mom. It's mm-hmm. my friend's moms. It's mm-hmm. everybody in our culture's mom. Mm-hmm. Who gets to a point after the kids are out of school where they're just either there's their moms who are like, oh, hell yeah, I'm living my life now. Or the moms that are like, oh, my gosh, my kids are gone. What do I do? Like, I've been a stay at home mom for so long or I've worked my butt off for so long. Now I don't have to work. They just don't even know who they are. Mm -hmm. They struggle with the essence of their own being, Mm -hmm. which is like beyond me. Yeah. But I'm learning that it's not just them there's so many girls and guys our age who also just don't know the essence of their being well they're like 
who we were on track to be and what we noticed like like 99% of the people our age like give or take 5 years in our gener- in our culture we're all on track to become our parents exactly right and that like you said that one person is is your mom right like you're just giving 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 and now your your well's empty like, you haven't changed your oil in your car for God knows how long, and you've just been driving, driving, driving. And then you're expecting, though, right? It's like, it's the people pleasing you, please fill my cup. Oh, but you don't want to spend time with me? That makes me sad. Yeah, because it was done on everybody else's terms. When you give on other people's terms and never, or like when you live on other people's terms, rather, and you never carve out your own terms or even identify your own terms you're you're going to start running dry and when that happens you, like it just as a byproduct you give with expectation and now love is conditional yeah but they don't even they don't mean that no they yeah they wouldn't even consider that yeah i know but, but well that's why that's what, like with us like we've set out on a complete mission to make sure that we prime the whole next generation, right? Like our our generation to live lives of fulfillment. Because you can you can properly raise children, you can have a thriving relationship, you can have a thriving you can have it's your cake. You can have it and you can eat it too. And we've like, discovered it's that possible. More, yeah, and what we've learned is that more than it's possible, it's mandatory. It's what we were designed to do. But if we don't make a shift, we're running the risk of like Baking this incredible cake and then just going and giving it to people and never getting to taste it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Or just showing up and people are like, where's the cake? And we're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't make any. I don't have anything to give you. And now we're the waiter walking around putting empty plates of nothing in front of people. And we have to make that shift. Like it's... Like... Like you said, like it's men and women, it's guys and girls that are experiencing this. Like guys just have a, they just close off, right? And they feel like it's not okay to express their emotions or, or talk about feel. what's, or and feel, right? Because we've been primed to believe that vulnerability is weakness, mm-hmm. but it's not. Like being vulnerable is a, is a massive strength because it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. But when you're, like, forbidding yourself from being able to even explore your own emotions with yourself, be vulnerable even with yourself because you think it's weak, you don't even give yourself the opportunity to fill your cup. Mm -hmm. You don't give yourself the opportunity to create the life that you want. And and it goes back to the whole wall, the same wall that keeps out pain keeps out pleasure. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how big we set our sights in the future. If we're operating out of lack or out of scarcity, we become chained by our freedom. Not to it. We're not tied to it. We're not tethered to it. We're chained by it. And as long as we're chained by it, it's going to continue to grow and we're going to continue to stay the same. So that distance is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to hurt more and more and more until we, we break. 
Well, I think I think one really valuable lesson we learned when we went to a family friend's house recently is that our generation needs this more than ever mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, because they need it for themselves. Obviously, we grew up with parents who came from a completely different country. Majority of us did anyways. Mm-hmm. And that we all have community in that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be chained to that. No. Number two... We all love and care for our parents so dearly that it isn't until we change that they will. Mm -hmm. They just say, oh, I'm too old to change, even though they probably have another 30, 40 years to live Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. They're they're saying they're too old, it's over, it's fine. But it's not until we start living a life of fulfillment and start doing things that they could have never imagined was even possible for them that they can find a glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. I, I keep bringing up my mom, but... She's the one person that I would love to help through all of this, but the only way that I can help her is by being the example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have you have no choice but to and lead she, by example. She she literally can see the way I live my life day to day and feel so much pride in that. And she talks to me about what she eats and things that she tries to be healthy about. When she has a really good workout, she tells me about it. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But we have to do our part and take care of ourselves mm-hmm. because we, in the end, no, there's nothing more than that we want is to be able to take care of our parents, too. We want to make them proud. We want them to be happy and joyous and free. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to be able to do that for them if we don't change our mindset and we start living free first because that's what it is. You want to serve. We have to serve them. Yep. We can't go to them and say, please. Yep. Because we know that their cup is half empty. Yeah. Because they've literally lived their life half empty their whole life for us. They've sacrificed that, right? They've, they've sacrificed, they self-sacrificed for us. And that's, it's not a luxury for us to take care of ourselves and do that in the name of being able to give back to them. It's a, it's, it's a requirement, like... We, more than anything else, we want our parents to be proud of us, mm-hmm. right? And when they handed us the baton, they didn't, while their words may say, go be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and they give us these boxes and these blueprints and things like that, like, we still have the choice to fight that. And more than that, we still have the choice to say, okay, cool, whatever, you forced me to go to, you know, med school or whatever, but like, I'm going to do something Bigger than we could have ever imagined. And all they want is for us to be successful. Successful, But success is not just monetary. Yep. Success is not monetary, period. The money is a byproduct of becoming a successful person. And you don't become successful as a person, as an identity, over time. You become it every single day. You have to make that choice Every single day. It's a daily discipline. You you have three glasses of water. The one on the left is full. It's overflowing. The one in, on the right is half empty. Or half full if you're an optimist. And the one in the middle is you in transit. On the left side you're filling your cup. You're going to the well every single day. On the right side, you're going and filling other people's cups. Your parents, your friends, your significant others, your coworkers, anybody, children, whatever. 
And in the middle is when you're in transit. You just filled your cup and now you're walking over to help somebody. And when most people quit, a lot of people understand this. I need to take care of myself to take care of other people. But when they, the moment that they quit is when they start experiencing the big swings. When they start feeling manic, mm-hmm. like bipolar. They have high highs and they have low lows. All that is happening is you just filled your cup. And now you're walking to go fill somebody else's and you tripped. So water fell out of your cup. And now you're no longer full. So you have to go back and fill it again. Most people don't go back and fill it again. They say, oh, what's the use? What's the point? I, I was at a high, and now I'm, now I'm here. Look, I'm back. Cool. And now you walk around people pleasing again. Don't stop. Keep going back to the well every single day for the rest of your life because it never ends. Yeah, the life is one big experiment. Yeah. And we're all just in the lab, our own, our own personal labs, trying to figure out the perfect recipe. That's it. It's going to take a lifetime to figure out the perfect recipe. And it always changes. Yeah. Your palate changes. Your taste buds, what, they change every seven years? Mm. Something like that. So your palate changes. The food that you like today, you may not like in seven years. I used to hate peanut butter, and now I love peanut butter. There you go. Prime example. So the recipe has to, it has no choice but to always change. You have to find, you have to optimize your recipe for today. Tomorrow your recipe may be different, but you don't know. That's why you you just have to play. You have to be open. And I use that word on purpose, play. Because that's all it is. It's all, yeah. We're just playing. Like, you're supposed to have fun on a day-to-day basis, not just when you make accomplishments. Everybody talks about life is a journey, not a destination. Happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah, it's a journey. And if you're on a road trip, You're not going to say, hold up, shut up, nobody talk, no music. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to hold my pee. I'm not going to eat. And I'm going to just be miserable until we get there. You don't say that. You say, oh, cool. I love road trips. Let's have fun. And you have fun the whole way. Mm -hmm. That's how we have to treat life. I love it. This is a cool concept. I'm pretty sure we can talk about it for like 20 hours. Yeah. Easy. It's life. Yeah. People pleasing. Versus people serving, duality, mm. lack versus love. Fill your cup. Go. Do it. So you can have something to deliver. Work out, meditate, go for a walk, read, smell the roses, dance, play with your dog, rap. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it looks like for you, do it because it's so important and that's the only way to love and care for those around you completely fully wholeheartedly Absolutely. is when your heart is full mm-hmm. love it i love you i love you look at that thank you for tuning in to another episode of me versus me we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you did find a friend and share this with them asap within the hour why because it's going to show that you're taking yourself and your growth seriously taking massive action plus you're going to get a little built-in accountability buddy and somebody that you can kind of bounce ideas off of and build a tribe it's extremely beneficial it's a win-win make sure you do that also make sure that you subscribe and leave a comment and then head on over to instagram and tap in with us we're here to help you defy the odds 
Find us on Instagram at Shanaynays underscore lab. That's S-H-A-N-A-Y-N-A-Y-S underscore lab. Tap in with me at The Maker Show. That's T-H-E-M-A-Y-K-R show. Playing the game of life at the highest level is not easy, but I promise you it's always worth it. And when you set out and you make that your mission, and life happens, and you feel like you're stuck, and your back's on the wall, just take a step back, take a deep breath, and remember, it's me versus me. Watch your mouth when I come around, I'ma shut it down. Got that sound, that's gonna run the town, in and out the town. Ain't no way around, it flows astounding, and I got that bounce, pound for pound. Hardest out, hardest out, way too blessed to trip.